Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Tomorrow night for the first time this season, Rangers will be in European action, but not Celtic. Red Star Belgrade are at Ibrox and if the Scottish champions produce the sort of performance they delivered in the last round home and away against Borussia Dortmund, Rangers could go as far as they've gone in Europe since Barry Ferguson's Rangers went all the way to the UEFA Cup final 14 years ago Barry could it happen? Oh that's a long time ago um, Rob yeah listen I, I think um, when the draw came out Rob um, when you look at the teams that Rangers could have got Red Star was the one that you thought to yourself there's a real chance um, that they've got to, to beat a team of Red Star's uh, quality because there was a lot of good teams in there but look I've done a bit of homework on them. They have got some decent players. Mm. They're flying high in their league. Um, they won their, their group in the Europa League, so it's not going to be an easy game. But listen, it's definitely a winnable game uh, for Rangers. And they've got every chance of getting into the last eight and at the quarterfinals um, in the Europa. Right, I'm worried already. You've been doing your homework. <laughs> <laughs> and me just back from holiday as well. And you oh, you're could... looking nice and tanned. <laughs> Thank you, darling. In a certain light, uh, i.e. complete darkness. What impact will Europe have on the title race? The Rangers are, are in it. Celtic are out. There are also the Scottish Cup quarterfinals this coming weekend. Rangers play in three different competitions inside the next 10 days. Premiership leaders Celtic are resting up ahead of their assault on the second and third legs of a potential treble. Davy Proven, what are the chances of a domestic clean sweep for your old team? I think they've got a decent chance. I also think it's it's a good thing that they're out of the um, the conference. What does he call it? I mean, I'm not even sure what the <laughs> yeah. name of that. Vauxhall Conference, I guess. Is it the Conference League? Or, um, Europa Conference I, I, League, yeah. I, I don't think it's any bad thing that Celtic are out of that. I think they will benefit from resting in midweek. Obviously, all of the focus is on winning the, the league title. That, that's the be-all and end-all, but they, they've got a chance of a treble, which would be nothing short of miraculous, given what Ange Postacoglu took over in the summer. It's not a competition that is clearly leaving a lasting impression in your memory banks, the Europa well, Conference League. I remember when uh, Leicester were knocked out of the Europa League and somebody mentioned to Brendan Rodgers, that's you in the, the Conference League now, and he went, what, what's, what's the competition? <laughs> I've seen that. That's right. He, he, yeah. did, he didn't even know what the competition was about. Um, and if, if Celtic are serious about restoring their reputation and credibility as a European force, then they don't want to be playing in that one that competition they want to be playing in the Champions League that's the only show in town for me it's, it's interesting Barry isn't it where we're at uh, because we will have Giovanni Van Bronckhorst here at the media conference today talking about the very fact that he is involved his team is involved in three comp- different competitions in the next 10 days um, are Rangers capable of winning all three of those competitions? Well in terms of the Europa 
league, you need a bit of luck with, with the draw. And I think they got a bit of luck with the, the draws I mentioned earlier on. If you look at the teams that they avoided, um, Red Star was definitely the one that you'd have said, right, we fancy that one, that's a winnable game. Um, look, they're still in three competitions. You never know in football. Mm. Um, but listen, I, I keep going back to it. I think if you ask anybody who's connected to Rangers or at Rangers just now, the main one is the championship. That's where the big money is. The mm. 35, 40 million pound bounty. Um, so look, it's great being in Europe. Um, also, domestically, the domestic cup, sorry, the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, I think it's over 10 years since they've, they've won mm. um, one of them. Um, so listen, it's great being in the three competitions, but for me, the bread and butter is the league. And when go you go sorry, Barry, and when you've beaten Borussia Dortmund, Davy, yeah, uh, then you're not going to fear anybody coming up next. Well, I mean, Summer Rangers results, both under Stephen Gerrard and now under uh, GVB, have been astonishing. Mm. Some of the results they've had, you know, against against good size Porto, Benfica, Feyenoord, uh, you know, to to overcome Braga um, when they look down and out after the first leg, they they've saved their best stuff for Europe. The thing I don't get about Rangers this season, and I, I said it last week, you don't know what you're going to get from them. I mean, Rangers can go and beat Dortmund in aggregate by two goals, reasonably comfortably in the end, and then surrender a two-goal lead at home against Motherwell. And I, I, I think that must be a worry for, for Giovanni van Bronckhorst, van Bronckhorst going forward. One minute this team can, can beat Dortmund, the next they can look distinctly average. And you're never quite sure what Rangers team is going to turn up. And D Davey, I'm interested to know, did you did you find that result at the weekend, Celtic's win at Livingston, a significant one in terms of overcoming that hoodoo, yeah. winning quite comfortably at a venue in which they've had big problems? Did that strike you as a significant moment at the weekend, maybe in the title race? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm pretty sure Ange Postacoglu heading through to Livingston, given what happened there earlier on in the season, would have looked upon it as a really difficult game. It's been a graveyard for Celtic, not just for Postacoglu, but for Neil Lennon as well. And not just to win, but to win as comfortably as they did, playing as well as they did. James Forrest back among the goals and, and looking good again. There was a lot of plus points coming out of that game, not just the three points, but I think for the whole psychology. As we, we hit the real business end of the season now, I think Celtic are in pretty good nick. Do you think they are title favourites, Barry, at the moment, Celtic? Well, they're in a position you would want to be in. You're sitting top of the league, three points ahead and 11 um, plus goals in terms of the goal difference for me. Um, and that was a potential banana skin for Celtic on Sunday. I watched the game and over the last couple of weeks, I would have said Celtic have been off it, but on Sunday... They were bang at it. Um, I, I said after five minutes, the way they started, they looked of the the meant business. Um, as David just mentioned there, that's been a place they've struggled for many a years. But they thoroughly deserved to to get the three points and, and listened on pole position, no doubt about it. And I, I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, Rob, Rangers need to win every single game if they want to retain this title. I thought his demeanour as well, Ange Postacoglu, was interesting after the game. Uh, he's been grumpy at times recently. No. Uh, <laughs> there, but there, there seemed to be a euphoria about him in the aftermath of that Livingston game. And, he, you know, his parting shot was, um, we're going to take a fair bit of stopping. Yeah. Which was which was quite quite menacing in a way. That That's about as committed as he has been because he's been very reluctant to get ahead of himself. Even when, you know, Celtic overturned I'll remind you, Rangers were seven points clear on the 1st of December. Mm. To turn that round 
And I know Rangers, in different form, has contributed to that, but Celtic's form has been terrific. And he must have been tempted during that time to say, look, we really fancy ourselves, but he, he didn't. Um, so for him to almost stick his neck out, he must feel that his team is in a really good place right now. What's this homework you've been doing, Barry? Tell me about Red Star Belgrade. I, I, I've just been looking at them on, on YouTube. Um, I don't know much about them. Pretty similar. I've been, we played them in 2008, mm -hmm. Rob. Um, and again, it's, you, you, you get the videos to watch them. So I was just interested to see if they were a good team. And it looked, they looked handy. They, looked, they had a couple of midfielders. Um, I'm not going to pronounce their names. Um, <laughs> right, I'm going I'm to help you here. They were, they were Katai and Ivanic. Yep, that's, that, that's the two. Um, I think they've scored a number of goals. 30, 38 goals between, between the them? Two of them. Yeah. Um, and they were, I'm just reading over your shoulder your homework. <laughs> they stood out like a sore thumb, if I'm being honest with you. Um, so... Rangers are going to be in for a game. There's, there's no doubt about it. You don't get the last 16 if you're, you're a bad team. Mm. So Rangers will know they'll, they'll, they'll be in for a tough night. But listen, European games under the lights at Ibrooks, the atmosphere will be, be red hot. And Rangers, with their form in Europe, and certainly the, the last round and the last performance against Borussia Dortmund, who for me were the favourites for the Europa League, if they bring that sort of performance, then Rangers will go through. There are parallels as well because um, Red Star are chasing Partizan at the top of the Serbian yeah. Superliga. Two points behind, four games to go. So uh, much closer to the finishing line for those two. But there, there is that that similar, that there is that parallel because you know you're, you've got that domestic title, which is presumably for them the big thing to win, just yeah. as it is for for Rangers. Um, but this is this could be a, a diversion. Yeah, but I, I I do think that it's the best draw Rangers could have asked for. And I, I think Rangers are, are playing a club who's the, the the best players in Serbia right now. Are, most of them are playing abroad. They're not playing at home. Mm. So I, I don't think, and I'm, I'm speaking out of ignorance to a certain extent because I haven't seen a lot of, of Red Star, but most of the top Serbian players now play out with Serbia. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think Rangers have anything to fear at all. I mean, there was a time when Rangers went there and it was... Um, Rosanetsky and Panchev and Mihailovic mm. and that was what, what they were up against top top players I don't think that's necessarily the case now Red Star Belgrade uh, against Rangers at Ibrox tomorrow night and then the, the second leg comes the following week I wonder if that's an omen Barry you were just mentioning that Rangers had played Red Star in 2008 mm. I mean it'd be interesting if the, it, was, it was an omen for Rangers maybe to go all the way in Europe this season Yeah it was a close double header if I'm being honest with you we only beat them 1-0 at home um, I think it was Novo that scored correct me if I'm wrong there I mean across there and we, we, we you're the homework it. man don't look at me we, we, what we about the stadium Barry I mean everyone's talking about the atmosphile well, do you it's, it's hostile David but it's not the worst I've been in right. if I'm being honest but with you there's a long dark tunnel and obviously you've got the guards at the side that are standing and, and kind of with the, the riot gear on or whatever and, and it's typical when you go away playing Europe there's flares going off and they're, they're singing the, the full game but I enjoy the atmospheres Davy. Mm -hmm. as, as a footballer you want to play in hostile, hostile environments and I pretty much enjoyed it it's not the worst I've played in um, but listen it'll be it'll be a great occasion for the, the Rangers players you've got to look forward to it it's a big stadium the pitch remember the pitch been massive uh, as well um, so I, I honestly believe that Rangers have, have got a, no, they've not got a chance I think Rangers will go into the quarterfinals What are you thinking about Rangers' chances then tomorrow night against Red Star Belgrade at Ibrox in the Europa League last 16 playing for a place in the quarterfinals they've lost at this stage uh, in the last two seasons against Leverkusen and Slavia Prague can they go a step further maybe more 
than a step further. 0808 17 17 700. Or if you're a Celtic fan, you might be uh, rubbing your hands at the moment uh, because Rangers are involved in Europe and thinking, well, it gives Celtic a little bit more rest time ahead of those Scottish Cup quarterfinals at the weekend and resuming their assault on the title. They are uh, three points ahead at the top with eight games to go. Celtic unbeaten domestically since mid-September. It has been an incredible run. Rangers uh, are just that one win away, of course. And and when you look at eight games to go, Davy, 25% of them are Rangers against Celtic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 both of these games, you would think, will decide the outcome of the, the title. And what Celtic have done now, they've got themselves into a position where they, they can lose the next one um, and probably still be top in goal difference. Yeah. Whereas I think Rangers, um, particularly given they're at home and they have to go to Celtic Park again, I think Rangers have to win the game on April the 3rd. So, Rangers Red Star tomorrow. Uh, tonight, Barry, Dundee against St Mirren at Dens Park. What a massive match in the Premiership that is. Postponed a couple of times. It will happen tonight. Both Mark McGee and Stephen Robinson are looking for their first wins since uh, taking charge. If Dundee win, they get off the bottom. If St Mirren win, well, they turn the, the midsection of the league, which is already ridiculous, into something even stranger because if they were to win tonight, St Mirren, six teams would be separated by one point. Yeah, crazy if you look at it from 10th to 4th, there's five points. Um, and it's a, it's a massive game in terms of Mark McGee at, at Dundee. Good point. Away to Motherwell at the weekend. Um, obviously, he struggled since he's been in. Some of the results have not been great. So um, they'll go into the game with confidence. They're at home um, in St Mirren. Stephen Robinson's not won a game yet since he's he's come up. He's found it, he's found it tough. Um, so that's uh, it's a it's a good game in terms of Dundee. They got off the bottom, um, and then they put pressure on um, St Johnson, and then they put pressure on who's in tenth. It's Aberdeen, um, and then the flip side of that you've just mentioned, St Man can climb um, a few positions. So that will be a an interesting game tonight. Who I fancy, I've got to say I've got to go for Dundee. We'll maybe get the team news before we're finished. Uh, question mark as to whether Niall McGinn might be available for Dundee tonight coming back after injury, but definitely no Charlie Adam at the moment for Dundee. What a difference he would be making for them yeah. at the moment as they try to scrape away from the bottom, Davy. Well, just, just to get him on the pitch, you know, the influence is, and Charlie doesn't have to run. He's never had to run at any time in his career because, you know, when you've got his range of passing, mm. um, he can dictate the play from the centre circle practically and he's been a huge miss for them but I, I just wonder I hope the Dundee fans turn up tonight and get behind their team because too often recently they've turned up just to boo the team and the minute Dundee go a goal behind it Dens that's all you hear booing ringing round the ground it's doing the team no favours at all also the the pushback against Mark's appointment you know they've got to get over it he's a manager whether they like it or not and if they want the team to stay in the Premier League go and support the team Absolutely, Dundee uh, against St Mirren. Barry, what did you think about the news uh, which has broken in the last 24 hours or so? Just the confirmation that uh, Scott Brown is parting company with Aberdeen after only a nine-month stint. To be honest, Rob, I wasn't surprised. Stephen Glass brought me the club. It's been well documented that they've got a close friendship. That was one of the reasons why Scott went, uh, went up to Aberdeen. Um, so it was just a matter of time for me. When Stephen Glass got sacked... 
when was he going to just stay there until the end of the season and pick up his money or, or was he going to go straight away so I, I think Scott's made the, the right decision it looks to me he's been faithful to Stephen Glass who was the man who brought him there and now what does Scott Brown do does he continue to play does he go into um, a coaching uh, coaching at a, a different club who knows it's only Scott Brown that will be able to tell us um, but I'm not surprised I'm not surprised he's left Aberdeen because Jim Goodman made it clear that he won't have a lot to do with the obviously the coaching side of it. Jim's very hands-on, as he, he made clear, and obviously he's got his, his second-hand man up there as well to do the coaching. So I wasn't wasn't surprised when the, the news broke. When you look at him, Davey, and what he's been doing with Aberdeen recently, mm -hmm. can he play on? Has he, does, does Scott Brown have the legs to play on? Um, he's certainly not the player that he was. Um, maybe a bit like Charlie Adam though you know running up he yeah, doesn't need to do yeah, too but, much but running about does he really want to do that given you know given the what he's done in the game does, does he want to be mm. I'm not sure he would want to play on I think he made a mistake leaving Celtic and it surprises me that they, they didn't find a, a place for him similar to Steven Gerrard at Liverpool you know who started taking the, the younger teams uh, as a coaching apprenticeship I thought Scott Brown should have stayed at Celtic and you know, Barry's saying, will he go back into, will he get into management? I'm not sure where he gets in. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't have the qualifications yet, no, does he? No, he doesn't. Neither does he have the experience. No. Whereas I think had he stayed at Celtic, um, in the longer term, I think he'd have a better chance of, of getting a, a decent managerial job, either at Celtic eventually or somewhere else after he had done his apprenticeship, if you like, with the youth team. Mm. See, see when he, he made the move, I don't know if you agree, Dave, you're playing at Celtic and you're playing with quality players and no disrespect, Aberdeen have got a lot of good players. But I thought I thought when he made that move, he'd be starting to get frustrated. And I've seen that in some of the games where he, if he's on the ball, the Celtic players he was playing with would make angles and it's, the Aberdeen players weren't exactly doing the same as the, the Celtic players were doing. So... I thought he would have found that hard and as I said I wasn't surprised that he's decided to, to wrap his contract up and it'll be interesting over the next week or two to see what he's going to be doing and as you say Davey I mean he, there may well be an invitation to go back in at Celtic but it's not yeah, going maybe. to be at an upper level it, it's going to no. be coaching kids and I think when he was previously there he did a little bit of that anyway he was yeah. he sort of he, he sort of cut his teeth in a sense doing a bit of that but I think at the moment his ambitions would be higher up the coaching ladder yeah, uh, and I, I'm not convinced that Ange Postacoglu is the type who would give him a position out of sentiment. No. This is the Postacoglu era. There's a title to be won. <laughs> There's a title to be won. And also, he appears to be perfectly happy with the coaching team that he inherited. Mm. You know, Gavin Strachan and, and John Kennedy, Steve McManus. Is, Steve McManus. Steve yeah. McManus is there as well. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think for one minute Ange Postacoglu will be thinking about how do I make room for Scott Brown. David Proven, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean on the football chat tonight. Feel free to join in 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! It's the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre on a Wednesday night, 24 hours away from Rangers against Red Star Belgrade in the Europa League. At last 16, can Rangers make it to the quarterfinals? Well, if they get anywhere near the levels they got to against Borussia Dortmund in the last round, you would imagine they must be in with a pretty strong chance. We've been talking about that. Dundee St Mirren, of course, tonight at Den's massive match in the Premiership. Scottish Cup quarterfinals coming around. 
at the weekend. We've also been talking about Scott Brown uh, leaving Aberdeen after that nine-month experiment uh, was effectively ripped up, I guess. Uh, and Davy was asking you during the break, Barry, and it was a it was a, it was a good a lot better than my questions, to be honest. <laughs> it, it was you know if Scott Brown's playing days are coming towards an end, and you would imagine they are. How good was he, Scott Brown? Yeah, certainly changed um, over the years when I come up against him in his younger days at, at Hibernian and. Um, the first few years at Celtic, it was more like getting about the pitch, getting in your face, um, box to box. And then over the years, and I've said it a few times on this show, I thought he'd get better as he got older in terms of dictating a game of football, getting on the ball and making things happen and, and passing and whatever. Look, no doubt he was a, a good leader. Um, you hear all the Celtic players speak about him. He was, he was that guy in the dressing room who... Made them, made them tick. But I, I thought as the years went on, Scott Brown definitely became a, a, a better footballer. It's an interesting decision, isn't it? Um, Scott Brown to leave Aberdeen. From his point of view, maybe it was cut and dried because the minute Stephen Glass went, the whole thing yeah. uh, evaporated as far as he was concerned in terms of what he was going to get out of it. From a Jim Goodwin and Aberdeen point of view, it must be pretty tough to say tatty bye to Scott Brown, mm -hmm. who is a player who could, could play a massive part in getting them firstly into the top six and then maybe into a European place. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think to have just his presence around the dressing room, um, if even if he wasn't necessarily playing every single week, just to have him around the place would have been good for, for Jim. I just wonder if Scott Brown made a pitch for the job. You know, once Stephen Glass mm -hmm. was was sacked, whether Scott Brown made it known that, that, that he fancied the job, whether he felt... He might be offered the job and when he wasn't, you know, that's when he decided I'm out of here. I, I, I don't know. But I guess the writing was on the wall when he, when he applied and was interviewed for the St Mirren job. Um, it was clear that his thoughts were kind of heading elsewhere. But also, if you look at the midfield that, that Jim's played, certainly the game that I watched at the weekend, it's a very young midfield. McCrory, um, Lewis, uh, Ferguson and the boy Barn, who I, I really like mm. Rob to be honest with you, he's, he's really, been their best player in the last few weeks yeah, he was in loan he was playing League 2 mm. for the first half of the season um, he's come back and I think he cemented his place in the middle of the, the pitch here so I think Jim's probably looking at it and thinking this is the way that I want to go forward younger legs in the middle of the pitch and obviously Scott Brown was a, a big part of Aberdeen the first half of the season but also Stephen Glass then gets sacked and then it's one of the ones, what, what did I do? The, Scott Brown was taking a few, I believe he was taking a few of the, the coaching sessions, but Jim made it clear that he's a guy who takes the sessions, him and his assistant manager. So then Scott's obviously thought, look, there's no room for me here. I want to go elsewhere. So that's the way it's happened. I'm sure Derek McInnes is not laughing up his sleeve, but he certainly could be at the moment. And is it a classic case, Davey, of be careful what you wish for? The Aberdeen fans who didn't like the style yeah. of football and they wanted McInnes out, they felt his time was up. But they were serial finishers in the top three or four serial qualifiers for European yeah. football. The Aberdeen fans would accept that big time now, whatever the quality of football on the pitch was. Yeah, I remember doing a game for Sky at, um, at St Mirren. It was a cup tie. And it's the first time I had heard the Aberdeen supporters um, giving Derek McInnes stick, they wanted him out. And I remember even thinking that day, um, wow, you know, you know how fickle supporters are. Seven years Derek was there, qualified for Europe every time, never out the top four. Uh, you could argue he should have won more than one League Cup. But over the piece to, to have Aberdeen, 
And also in the absence of Rangers, the only credible, you would say, opposition to Celtic during that time. Um, the, the, the only club that looked as if, you know, if Celtic were going to have a horrendous season, Aberdeen were the only other club that looked as if they might win the league. And, and if you look at the state of them now, and, you know, th this is where you've got to wonder about, you know, wealthy men who come into football clubs and start ripping the thing up when there's nothing wrong with it. And Dave Cormack, I'm afraid, has to accept much of the responsibility for where Aberdeen are now. And it's not going to be a cheap uh, fix because there are players there who he needs to get rid of or who Jim Goodwin needs to get rid of who are on good contracts, who won't want to move. And I think it's not just one or two. He has to change the wholesale reconstruction required up there. And he could, remember, he could, he could lose young Ramsey and he could uh, lose Lewis Ferguson as well. Might lose the both of them this summer. So Jim's, Jim's got a big job in his hands. Scotland's uh, World Cup playoff has been moved. Of course, it was inevitable that that was going to happen. The decision's now being made. There isn't still a, a, an actual date for it, but we do know, Barry, that um, it's it's been moved from the 24th of March, as was against Ukraine, to, to June. Uh, who, who knows what's going to happen uh, between now and then? in terms of the situation in Ukraine, but it buys a little bit of time. Um, but it does, in football terms, uh, create uh, a difficult schedule, doesn't it? Because there are Nations League games down to be played in yep. June already. It, it's going to take a bit of uh, shuffling around. Yeah, it does create a bit of a mess in terms of trying to fit games in, but Rob, it was only a decision mm. they could make. I had no doubt in my mind that, that Scotland um, would postpone it. Um, now it's going to be played in June we've not got an, an exact date in June but listen I've done the right thing because what, what's happening in Ukraine I mean I'm, I'm watching it every single day like both yourself and, and Davias and it's it's heartbreaking um, what's happened to the Ukrainians so no, Scotland made a, the correct decision it's just where they fit it in that, that is a problem but I, I'm sure they'll find a space for the game to go ahead yeah, I mean, you're right, that is the big picture and we are looking at this at times through the, the very narrow uh, lens yeah. of, of football. Um, but uh, Stevie Clark, I get, I mean, he's now searching around, isn't he, for opposition, which is going to be really difficult at this sort of notice because most of the leading nations are either playing serious games or they've maybe got friendlies organised already. But it's so important, isn't it, not having had football for four months for, for Stevie Clark that he yeah. gets, makes he needs, something he needs happen again. here. Um, I, I read that Poland were, going to, were interested in, in playing us. Oh, great, um, Lewandowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, Stevie will need a game. He doesn't want to go into the, no. this game in June, a game of that importance against the Ukraine, and hopefully things have been sorted out um, in Ukraine by that time, but he needs a game before that. I mean, how many months did you say since we last four played? Months. Well, it's going to be four, yeah. yeah. Four yeah. months, four. so you don't yeah. want to leave it any longer than that. You want to get the boys together again. Um, I think even, you know, even if the, the Poland game doesn't materialise I think you want to get the squad together Barry yeah. oh 100% together again. Yep, that's four months and I'm sure if you ask any of the boys that are involved in the squad mm. Rob they'll, they'll be desperate to, to meet up I'm sure well I hope they get a game if they don't get a game they'll still be a squad meet up mm. they'll still meet up and do their training um, but it's important that we get a game because you can't go that that'll be six seven months for the last all yeah. kicked a ball together so They've left it a bit late, but I'm sure they're, they're trying their best to get a, a, a game. I'm sure Stevie Clark's desperate for a game, and I think if you ask any of the, the, the boys, they'll be desperate to play. But if they don't, no doubt in my mind they'll meet up for that week. 
Yeah, the get-together will happen, certainly. But you do want that, just that structure, don't you, of a couple of games to be yeah. to be working around. And I think the, the speculation at the moment, Davey, is that there, there might be a, a friendly match in the first slot uh, and then maybe playing the losers of the the Wales Austria game if that if that happens yeah. at the uh, at the adjudged date Scotland could potentially pay the, play the losers of that yeah i mean the, the the unfortunate thing about the ukraine game be, being cancelled is that in terms of moment, momentum and i know they haven't played for four months but there's a real momentum with the national team mm. right now um and i i think steve will be bitterly disappointed that that momentum is going to be Interrupted even further. Yeah. And I, I don't know, Barry's managed, but but when when you haven't played for that length of time, particularly when it's not club side, they, these are players from a disparate group of clubs and leagues, and you've got to get them together. Uh, and that's why the getting a game later this month, I think, is absolutely crucial. Davey was speaking about the potential of Poland, um, and I just but. If I was on a chair, I'd probably have fallen off at that point, just because Robert Lewandowski is doing pretty incredible things at the <laughs> moment, isn't he? Patrick in 10 minutes last yeah. night. Well, yeah, well, that's right. I mean, it was, I think, tw by 23 minutes, he'd, he'd scored, he'd got his hat trick. Yeah, he which scored the three goals within 10, minutes. Right, um, which is incredible. So I, I was just reading, it's not it's not the quickest ever hat trick in the Champions League because uh, Bafetim B. Gomez uh, got three for Leon in eight minutes uh, a few years back. But it was certainly, yeah, as you say, Barry. Um, quick fire that's 85 Champions League goals now um, uh, he doesn't I mean I just want where does he stand where Where would you put Robert Lewandowski in the list of great European strikers because you know we tend to go through the the Messi and Ronaldo and all that so who, who's the better blah 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 but Robert Lewandowski just got his, his goals totals are incredible and he plays top level football I mean the Bundesliga is a, a, a brilliant league um, some Great teams with, with great players, but also he plays Champions League every year. And internationally, he, he scores goals for fun. and um, He's just a goal machine. And he's got to be up there, Rob, with one of the best strikers that I've, I've ever been. Just well, his goal record, plain and simple. He's a, he's not just a penalty box player as well. Technically, he's, he's good outside the box, link-up player, whatever. But um, no, what a player. But listen, in terms of Scotland... Take Poland, I'm sure Stephen yeah. Clark, he, he wouldn't bother who it is. We just need to get a game um, and get the guys together because come June, it's a massive game against Ukraine. That was his 100th Champions League start last night, uh, <laughs> Robert, Robert Lewandowski. 7-1 um, Bayern beat RB Salzburg, 8-2 on aggregate. Where, where would you put Robert Lewandowski, Davy, in your list of top strikers I, I in Europe? I think they were the very best. Um, I think... You know, had he played with, uh, dare I say, a more fashionable country, mm -hmm. he would have been at World, you know, in the latter stages of World Cups and um, European Championships, and his profile would have been even better. You know, had he had he played for a Holland, say for instance, like Van Basten, I, I would put Lewandowski up there alongside Van Basten and that type. Are, you know, the real top top players. He's, he's got to be in that group. Just hearing some breaking news that uh, Mark McGee has tested positive for COVID. So, um, well, he was already going to be in the stand. He won't be in the stand now. Um, and he'll, he'll not be at the game now, obviously. Does that count in his suspension if he doesn't do it again? <laughs> 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 it's going. Go. Can, can, you, can you play that off against your touchline ban? <laughs> I'm not, I'm 
not sure, but um, well, that, I can't that, wait either for Dingus. Eh? I, know, I was just about to say that. What, what kind of luck for the the start he's had, and um, I, I watched the the highlights of the the game up at Dens Park against Livingston, and um, he had the fans. You know, it's like the mobile phone mm. of a fan in his face. He, mm. He doesn't need it. It's not his fault. He's got a bad record with that. With yeah, mobile he has. Phone I remember the one up at Petodre yeah. when he was a model manager. Yeah, was it? I remember his uh, his line of dismissal for the person I, that did I don't it. I think as well. we can say it on no, air. No, we can't. It's got to count, by the way, in terms of his band. It's got yeah, to yeah. count yeah. because he's not yeah. the, he's not on the touchline. It doesn't really matter where he is. He's just moving further and further away from the gate, <laughs> from the pitch, isn't he? Um, and, and it and it does. It's I mean, it's it's a dis, it's a distraction that they could well do without, isn't it, Dundee? Yeah. Because it's it could be a you know even with still quite a few games to go to get yourselves off the bottom tonight with a win, um, it could be massive for Dundee. It, it could be massive, but Rob, I'll be honest with you, it's down to who finishes bottom out to Dundee or St. Johnson. Yeah. Um, I I don't think they're going to get um the tenth position. I think it's going to be the, they two will battle it out and it's an important game for them because psychologically if they got, got the three points as you just mentioned there they're off the bottom of the table then that puts the pressure on St Johnson again. Yeah. Uh, but big incentive for St Mirren of course to, to go they would go level on points tonight if they win they go level with Motherwell Dundee United and Ross County uh, the three immediately above them um, and it's been tough, hasn't it, for Stephen Robinson so far because he was taking over <laughs> a team uh, that was actually flying under Jim Goodwin yeah. uh, and gone through a great run of results. Um, um, and, I, and I guess that, that can be, in a, in a sense, that's a great gig when you take on a team that's going well, but sometimes it ain't because the only way is backwards. Yeah, yeah and particularly when the, some unsupporters were mourning the loss of, of Jim Goodwin. Mm. Um, tough act, really hard act to, to follow. And unfortunately... Um, Stephen's also had to reacquaint himself with the standard of refereeing up here <laughs> as well. <laughs> He's been doing his nut about some of the decisions that, and I think they have been unlucky. Um, one or two decisions mm. that have cost them uh, dearly. Um, but you know they're, they're not involved in the the relegation scrap. It's a bonus if they finish top six. He'll need another window, um, and he'll get one uh, to to put his mark in the the club and the team. They got so close last season, didn't they, under Jim Goodwin? to the top six losing out on the final day uh, they have got time to make it this time around but there's a, an almighty scrap brewing uh, for the, not just for the top half but for the, those European qualification places and of course fifth could potentially mean a European place could mean an entry to Davies' favourite European competition the Europa Conference League next season massive match at Dens tonight Mark McGee won't be there Dundee St Mirren The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more And it's all go for Rangers at the moment the big games keep on coming. We respect every competition we're in. We are happy to still uh, be involved in all in the on the competition. We are, uh, you know, fighting hard to to be successful in the league. We're still in Europe. We're still in the cup. So, and now we're gonna play uh, all three competitions within uh, within ten days. So, um, yeah, we're preparing well. It just. In a busy schedule, just you know, monitoring the the physical fitness of the players. But uh, you know, we want to uh, win every game that comes, and you know, the, the next game is always for me the important game. So we're just focusing on on uh, on tomorrow, and then uh, after that we will uh, think about the the cup competition. 
It's the sort of schedule as uh, Davy Proven and Barry Ferguson licking their lips at all these big games coming up. Uh, Barry with Rangers against Red Star tomorrow night. The Scottish Cup quarterfinals at the weekend. Dens Park against Dundee on Sunday. And of course, this continuing uh, title race with Rangers three points off the pace. Well, you want to play at the highest level at big clubs. You've got to deal with situations like this, Rob. Um, normally when you're at big clubs you're in all competitions you're fighting to win all competitions um, so listen that's what it's all about for me if I'm a Rangers player I'm looking forward to it. three games a week I think if you ask any player for me I would rather play games three games a week than train during the week because all, all it is is playing games rest, recover play another game so look for me if I'm in that Rangers dress room I'm looking forward to the week ahead big game tomorrow night um, against Red Star an opportunity to try and get into the last eight and then the Scottish Cup on Sunday a hard game up at, at Dundee um, at Dens Park where Rangers need to start winning cups as well um, look the, the bread and butter is the league but also if you look at, at Rangers record over the last 10 or so years they've not won the League Cup or Scottish Cup so that's one I'm sure that they're, they're also desperate to win Clearly Mark McGee's going to be missing for that one as well, isn't he? The the Scottish Cup tie um, on Sunday at Dens yeah. against Rangers. He, he won't be around for that one either. Um, so it's his assistant and, and Dave Mackay um, in charge of Dundee uh, going into those games. Just wondering, Davey, would you, do you agree with Barry? Just, is, is, was that your attitude as a player? Keep the games coming, especially at this stage of the season. Just Just play, recover and then play again? Well, you, you would rather avoid the hard training sessions. You, you would rather play a midweek game than, you know, if we had no midweek game and it was early in the season, they would whip us. Um, and nobody enjoyed these sessions, the running sessions. You would rather play a Wednesday game and spare yourself the really hard training sessions. Um, I, I'm not sure, I've got, I've got to be honest with you, I'm, I've no idea who's going to get the benefit. Rangers are, are playing in midweek and maybe getting a lift of, of a good result. You know, if they beat Red Star, they'll, they'll get a lift off that, they'll get a bounce off that. Or whether it would whether it would suit Celtic more to be to be resting and allow Postacoglu to, to rest some legs and, and get some work done on the training ground, maybe some work on set pieces that otherwise he doesn't have time to to spend uh, much time over. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean the proof of the pudding proof of the pudding will be in May, um, when we get down to the the, 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 the wire. But certainly as a player. I, I would always rather play than train. I never, I wasn't a great trainer. I didn't enjoy training. Would you prefer? So, would you prefer Rangers' position here, Barry, and potentially going further into this competition, the European competition, um, and just the, the intensity of all those games, uh, and and almost bouncing one game off off another one in in different competitions, and, and just keeping up momentum. I, I did as a player, Rob, if I'm being honest with you. I, I like to play the three games. As I said, it's um, it's just about resting and recovering. And mm. the way the players are looked after now, the masseurs and the, the physios, you've got your ice baths, you've got your protein recovery drinks. Um, there's there's no no excuse for, for tiredness because they're well looked after. I thought it was jelly beans after a game. Uh, no, 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 no. Has that changed? That's all changed now, all changed. They've got their own drinks and they've got their vitamin supplements. There's, there's so much um, that, that they get now and they're, they're very well looked after. So there's, there'll be no issues. The, the only worry you've got probably as a, a player that was always in the back of my mind is you don't want to miss this. You don't want to get injured, pick up an injury. 
that was only what uh, issue I had. But thankfully, I, I kept clear it. And listen, that's the biggest worry for Gio because if I look at his teams, I think he's got a set thirteen or fourteen where that's his go to guys. Um, if you look over the, the course since he's he's been in, Rob, mm-hmm. he's pretty much picked the same yeah. thirteen or fourteen. So in the back of his mind, it will be a worry that some of the important players pick up an injury, but hopefully they don't. Aaron Ramsey is going to be in the squad uh, for tomorrow night, but he's not going to play. Aaron will be uh, in the squad. He will not be starting. But, you know, for me, uh, with Aaron, is the same as, as any player in my squad. You know, you want every player to be available. So for us, the most important thing is to make sure we have uh, the individual programs for each player to, to come back to first to game fitness. And uh, that's what we are doing now. So I'm, I'm happy that... Uh, that Aaron is back in the squad and uh, you know still we're working hard to get Steven as well back to into the squad and for Yanis of course we know it's going to take longer but uh, you know you will always have players in your in your squad that needs uh, needs attention uh, when they're not there so he's on a fitness program Aaron Ramsey but he, he ain't featuring very much yeah that, he was on the bench on Saturday against mm-hmm. Aberdeen once Rangers were pretty much in control of the game in the second half uh, he obviously made the, the substitutions. Once Rangers get the goal, it was, um, I think it was eight or seven or eight minutes to go. I was hoping to get him on for the last five minutes just to get him a, a run around. Um, so it's been a bit disappointing, frustrating that we've not seen him because there's no doubt, Rob, when he signed the last day of the transfer window, people were excited with it just because he's a, a top quality player, but I've not seen him enough. That's down to niggly injuries. But hopefully he's over them now. Um, as I said, he was on the bench on Saturday. He's been training hard. He's going to be on the bench uh, again tomorrow. So that tells me that he's he's training every single day and he's available. So hopefully we'll, we'll see him on the pitch sooner rather than later. Does this strike you, Davey, as a gamble that's failed on Aaron yeah. Ramsey? Yeah, with the benefit of, of hindsight, it's turned out to be a poor piece of business. But only with the benefit of, of hindsight. At the time... And I said it last week, had Ange Postacoglu been offered him, he'd have taken him. Mm-hmm. You don't turn down that type of quality um, if you can get a player into our league from, from Juventus. Um, and yeah, Rangers, Rangers don't look particularly clever at the moment, given that they've had practically nothing in return. But at the time, it looked uh, a, a really good bit of business for them. It was one of those moments where we were talking about Aaron Ramsey and he popped up on the TV screen in the studio. Um, they were talking about him on Sky Sports News as well at the same time. Um, I mean, th- this was not the way uh, it was meant to be for, for Rangers, but they would have done their due diligence. One could, one has to assume, Barry, they, they would have looked into his, medic, his recent medical history, looked at his injury record uh, because the plan, because he was only coming for a short spell anyway. So... He, he had, you know, from a Rangers point of view, they wanted him involved early on, much earlier on than this. The only negative I could see with the Ramsey signing was he hadn't played enough football. I think his last game was, I think it was for Wales and round about November. starting November. Yeah, round about that was only negative. Hadn't had a lot of football, um, but everything else, David just mentioned there. If you got offered the opportunity, every signing's a risk. Now the only problem that since he's been here for the last five and a half, uh, five and a half weeks. He's not played enough football. But there's eight league games to go. Rangers are still in Europe. Rangers are still in the Scottish Cup. Hopefully, 
we'll see him on the pitch because I do still think he's got something to offer but he needs to be fit what he was doing Giovanni Van Bronckhorst here obviously in the in the January window was to deepen the squad a bit going into this uh, yeah. this spell of games so Aaron Ramsey is still struggling to get up to speed clearly mm-hmm. uh, Ahmad Diallo I don't know whether he's been effectively punted at the moment from the from the starting eleven scene, um, because he would have been one that would have been expected as well to to have been battering down the door to a place in the first team, being on loan from Man United. His talent, his pedigree. Yeah, I mean, whoever identified Diallo, I think has been seduced by the money that's changed hands in terms of his transfer fees. If you actually look at the the game time he's had at the top level, very very little. Um, Looked really good in his debut at Ross County, but went missing in the Old Firm game. And I think when Giovanni Van Bronckhorst watched that game, he'd be thinking, you're not ready for me. You're not ready for this team. And there was, there was the game at Tannadice, Barry, where his body language was was questionable, wasn't it? Yeah. He, 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 had a, he had a couple of bad moments in the game. He got a bit of stick and he didn't like it. Yeah, I think... The one that I think somebody slipped the ball through him and he just mm. stopped. Mm-hmm. Where he, he was clearly onside. You could, I think it was a good four or five yards onside and he just stopped and he could have got the ball and got it across the, the face of the, the, the goal. Yeah, but that's one that's, again, big money Man United paid for him. I think it was £20 million with £20 million add-ons. He's, he's struggled to make an impact. Um, and as I said, I think Gio now, over the course of the last three or four months since he's been out, I think he's now identified the 13 or 14 players that are that that are his go-to players. And that's ones. fine if you steer clear of injuries. Yeah, but it's fine. And I wouldn't use it, a lot of people have says about trust and uh, I think, I, I wouldn't say trust. I don't like the word trust. I just think he feels that 13 or 14 are the better ones. Because um, I, I believe you need your full squad the whole season, uh, as you says, that there could be a, a number of injuries over the next few few weeks with the amount of games that our Rangers have um, are playing. But in terms of the the, um, the January signings, Ramsey, it's been disappointing. Quality player for me, Diallo. Um, I just think it's been a bit too much for him. I think he was taken aback with the, the old firm game that David just mentioned there. I think he came in for a bit of a, a, a shock at the, the level and at the tempo and the pace of that game. You use the phrase with the benefit of hindsight, Davy, and that's the one we use a lot. And and I think in terms of the January window, it's something we'll look back on as well and wonder about Diallo and Ramsey, who yeah. up to this point haven't made any difference to Rangers, whereas Celtic did their business right at the top of yeah. the January window, even before it opened, and had the... Maeda, who, who's making an impact for Celtic at the moment. Hatate, who got off to such a spectacular start. Idiguchi, not so much so. But uh, O'Reilly came in as well. Yeah. Um, you, would, you would say Celtic won the window against Rangers? Uh, absolutely. It's the best window Celtic have had in many, many years. Um, certainly the best January window I can remember. Um, and it, it, to a certain extent, it, it stood the title race on its head. Um, and, you know, fair play to the Celtic uh, directors for, for backing Ange Postacoglu in, in terms of, of paying the money. Um, it was good to see the Celtic directors actually taking a punt because that's what Rangers did with Steven Gerrard. They, they backed him to the hilt and it was a gamble. Yeah. And, and, and Steven Gerrard won them the league. Um, and it was it's 
Celtic, I, I think, have been much more cautious in the in terms of, of buying players. Maybe having got their fingers burnt with the likes of Ayeti and Barkas, but it's good to see them, you know, taking a, a gamble and backing the manager big time in January. And at the moment, it looks as if there's a decent chance it will pay off. We are talking football, and the chat goes on after the news at six. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Well, there was a massive match at Dens Park tonight. Dundee against St Mirren. We brought the news earlier on that uh, Mark McGee has uh, tested positive for COVID, so he will not be there tonight. He was already, of course, serving a touchline ban uh, it's a match in which if Dundee can win it they get off the bottom of the Premiership but St Mirren looking for their first win under Stephen Robinson and they would uh, increase their chances of a top six finish if they could get all three points tonight tomorrow night it's Ibrox it's the Europa League last 16 it's Rangers against Red Star Belgrade home and away pitching for a place in the quarterfinals of the competition Rangers haven't been that far since they reached the UEFA final uh, of 2008-14 years ago it's eight against Kilmarnock Friday night in the Scottish Championship that is a really big game for Killy looking for the automatic promotion spot that are a point behind our both as things stand that is an incredible league top five bottom five and all to play for then it's the Scottish Cup quarterfinals across the weekend and into Monday Saturday for Hearts against St Mirren at Tyne Castle Sunday Motherwell Hibs at 12.30 Dundee against Rangers at 4 and it all rounds off on the Monday night at Tannadice it's Dundee United against Celtic in terms of European football tonight uh, what we're going to be watching I wonder it's uh, Man City against Sporting I don't think that's worth watching tonight 5-0 from the from the first game um, and it's uh, the one that maybe catches your eye in the Champions League last 16 Barry tonight is Real Madrid against PSG is that your choice for viewing tonight? Yes I'll probably watch that one I'd normally watch Man City I love watching Man City love watching Pep's teams play I think he's got some unbelievable players Phil Foden I, I just love watching that young man what a football player he is um, but that ties over Yeah. so that's pretty pointless so it'll probably be um, the PSG one I'll watch yeah PSG are one up uh, from Paris the first leg uh, so that's nicely poised uh, going into the Bernabeu tonight Davey yeah, just be interesting to see where Mbappe ends up um, mm. next season. I think Real Madrid will make a serious oh. pitch for him. Maybe Man City as well. Yeah. You know, very few clubs have got that type of money. But, um, yes, but for me, I, I, I think he's just such a wonderful player, Mbappe. Um, there'll be, a, there'll be a, an auction for him. That'll, that'll break the world transfer record. It's a select band that can afford uh, to to pay for Kylian Mbappe, that's for sure. Um Already underway, uh, the Europa League last 16. Um, just looking for any goals having gone in so far. Porto against Lyon and Real Betis, who were in Celtic's uh, group, of course, before Celtic dropped down to the conference and then dropped out completely. Uh, they are playing Eintracht Frankfurt um, tonight um, on the back of one of the most amazing European uh, performances individually last night. We spoke about it earlier on for Robert Lewandowski. Um, scoring a hat-trick in 10 minutes inside 23 minutes of the match starting so it was the earliest ever completion of a hat-trick in the Champions League if not quite the quickest uh, so Rangers uh, tomorrow night against Red Star Belgrade at 
Ibrox. Uh, £1.5 million is what it's worth in financial terms uh, to reach the quarterfinals of the competition. So that's uh, worth uh, considering apart from anything else. Uh, but what about the team news? What about the injuries? Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Stephen Davis is still not available. He has, uh, he has an injury, so he's not able to... Uh, to play the last weeks. Uh, of course, Giannis is still out. We have some players who are not eligible in, in Europe. We still have some, some, some doubts for tomorrow, but I think we'll be, we'll be fine tomorrow. He hasn't really known much in the way of injury, has he, Stephen Davis at Rangers? In, in his recent spell at Rangers, it's kind of strange to hear him constantly cropping up at the moment on an injury update. I have never heard of Stephen Davis been injured <laughs> until the last couple of months. Um, first... When I played with him at Rangers, trained every single day, was available for every game internationally. He's played every game for, for Northern Ireland. When he went down to Southampton, um, he was available for, for every game. So he's now, I think, Devils 37. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. Maybe it's just catching up with the amount of games because I think last season, the amount of games that Stephen Davis played, that he played every single game with Ryan Jack been out injured. Um, Steven Gerrard had to use him um, most weeks and in, in Europe when normally a player of that age you would maybe take him out a game or two just to, to rest him up so maybe last year's caught up with, with Stephen Davis but in this title running um, with the quality I, I know what he's all about he's he's quiet but he's a quiet assassin um, Stephen Davis he, he knows the game inside out and he'll still have a big part to play um, these last few months of the season he can dictate, can't he, Davy? Uh, Stephen Davis, he's got that quality, hasn't he? Just to run a game. I, I think the better players make the game look easy, and it's not easy, um, particularly, you know, playing in midfield. Um, and he, he always seems to have time in the ball. Always seems to pick the right pass. Um, and also, not just the service that he's given, you know, countless clubs, but the service he's given his country. I've lost count. Is it 120 caps or something he's got? Mm, it's up around that number, isn't it? And and would always turn up, you know, even for meaningless friendlies, he would always be there, um, captaining his country. A great example to any kids coming into the game. There are one or two people you would not want your kids to look up to. Um, some of them playing for the, the biggest clubs in England, but, you know, if you're looking for a, a role model, Stephen Davis is your man. And are you thinking, Barry, by the sense of it, that he's going to be back before too much longer? Because it just seems as if he's missed a lot of games and, and Rangers would have loved him to be available just to, to, to freshen things up. Yeah, I, I still think, uh, think he'll have a, a part to play. Maybe not for the start, but if a game's getting a bit edgy, he's got that calmness about him that you could bring him, bring him on with, with 20 minutes to go and, and relax everybody and take the sting out of the game. Um, so... As I said, I don't know what type of injury it's been, Rob, um, whether it's been a muscle injury um, or whatever. But if he's available, he's certainly got to be in um, the manager's uh, match day squad because in terms of I just don't think he's a fantastic footballer. It's the experience he's got as well, which will help the other guys round about the dressing room. Do you, do you see him getting into management, Barry Stephen Davis? You're saying he's 37. Obviously, he's not got much left of his playing career do, do, is he the type that would see himself in the dugout if you'd ask my honest opinion in the dressing room he was, he was quiet but if there was an opinion and you asked him he, he would give you yeah. uh, no doubt about it in terms of a manager I, I've not been with him for the last 10 or so years Davey so 
I don't know, but listen with the experience he's got. Yeah. No, just domestically, but he's worked under some good managers. Yeah, as he's well, worked under, he? and he's played at the highest level yeah. uh, down in England. So maybe that's a route um, that he, he maybe um, going down. He's out of contract in the summer as well, so it'll be interesting to see whether he, he, he calls it a day or not. But listen, he's been a fantastic player throughout the years. Porto nil, Leon nil in the Europa League so far. Uh, just about midway through the first half in these games, uh, Real Betis nil. Eintracht Frankfurt 1 this is uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst talking today at the media conference uh, about preparing for tomorrow night's match we played in, in different systems we uh, we, uh, we played um, you know against different systems so uh, and I think especially in Europe you have to be very dynamic but uh, I think we've shown uh, against Dortmund that we are capable of uh, in, in doing that uh, you know, we, we prepared well for tomorrow, so we know their their way of playing when they have the ball, the, the way they want to press. So, um, you know, in the end, you uh, it's still a game. You know, everything can happen. They can change maybe the systems, but um, I think we're very versatile uh, in our uh, formation to uh, to play in different ways. He sounds uh, very meticulous, doesn't he, Giovanni van Bronckhorst, about the way he gets ready the tactical preparation, the, the, the preparation for various uh, outcomes or changes within the game, Barry. Would, what, would the diff- what would you assess the difference to be, do you think, between the way he goes about his business and the way Steven Gerrard did the job before? Well, first and foremost, I think he deserves a, a lot of credit over the last couple of weeks. Certainly, with the the Dortmund scenario, mm. um, the game the game at Ibrox for me, Dortmund were in control going in at half time, two one up, and then uh, you're worrying at half time. But Gio's obviously went in there, spent a big ten minutes, changed the formation, went to a back three, a three five two, and I think that got Rangers through um, to play Red Star. Mm. So the good thing about his team. He's got a plan B when plan A is not working. He's not scared to go and change it. And you've seen over the course, over the last few months, Rob, certainly when if players are not producing on the pitch, he's, he's not scared to go no. and make a, a change. You've seen it with Barisic. You've seen it on Saturday with Morelos. Um, the fans weren't too happy. We, we obviously, he's, he's your talisman. He's your, your top player, Morelos. But Gio made the change and um, it won Rangers again. And I'll go back to even McDermott Park. A lot of people were maybe criticising, saying, why is he not making any changes? Because he kept the same 11. Rangers weren't good. But at the end of the day, he got the job done. He made the correct decision with keeping the same 11. And they won the game, 1-0. So I think he, he deserves a lot of critis- uh, sorry, a, a lot of praise because I think he's come in for a bit of unfair criticism at, at, at times. Um, but I like the way that his team can go for a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3. Yeah, three five two. Um, that's obviously a lot of work been done on the training ground to do that. But it's the usual fickle fans thing, isn't it? Because when Rangers got blown away at Celtic Park, suddenly after a really good start, a strong start by Van Bronckhorst, I think a lot of fans were saying, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> this get, is this is rid. not this is not the right <laughs> this is not the right guy." That's that's Glasgow. You, know, yeah. you, you don't get you don't get ten minutes in Glasgow. Um, the, the the punters make up their mind about you right away, and. You know, when Celtic beat Rangers, not just beat them, but beat them as convincingly as they did, I wondered how Van Bronckhorst would, would handle it, how his team would handle it, and they come back really well. I, I thought that could have been a fatal blow for Rangers, the manner in which they lost that game that night. Mm. But they've they, they've come back strongly. And, you know, to beat Dortmund, that, I've got to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't think Rangers had the players um, 
to to give Dortmund a game. I thought Dortmund would have won that tie over the two legs with a bit to spare and, and Rangers somehow got the job done. That was a result, Davy, that clearly sent shockwaves around Europe because few people looking in from the outside would have seen that coming. Well, it, it, it's great for our game. It's the type of result that's good for our game. Um, and I know even, you know, working in England up until recently, you know, people saying, well, Rangers beat Dortmund. You know, what was, what was that about? Because um, our game's been in a... They've got a bit pretty disparaging opinion of our game down there. Mm. Um, but that is the type of result that makes people sit up and go, oh, yeah, maybe that's a, a better league up there than we thought. Mm. You, you were talking, Barry, about the, the half-time change that Giovanni van Bronckhorst made against Borussia Dortmund. Would Steven Gerrard have made a similar change? In terms of formation, no. But Gerrard never changed his, his formation. Um, so is that a difference between them that that ability to make big bold decisions yeah, sometimes you've got to do that sometimes it works and sometimes you don't I, I think if Gio never changed that Rangers were in trouble mm -hmm. against Dortmund they were in trouble I mean they went 1-0 up uh, through Tav um, with, a, with a penalty but Dortmund were um, were in cruise control they were they battered Rangers in the first half uh, Rangers were lucky to go in at 2-1 Gio's obviously identified, right, this ain't working. Um, they've obviously worked on changing the system and the training ground, but that 10 minutes was a massive 10 minutes for, for Gio. And um, that's where you've got to give him a lot of credit. And also you've got to give the, the players credit because it was a total different way of playing. Lundstrom went into the back three mm. and it probably surprised a lot of people. It surprised me because at halftime, I'll be honest with you, Rob, I was pacing about the, the living room, worried that, that Rangers were out, but credit to the manager and credit to the players for changing. Is that experience, Davy? is that the difference between somebody who's got that significant number of years more experience as a coach or is it just does it come down to personality and maybe bravery? Well, certainly bravery and the example of the bravery was taking Morelos off at the weekend. Mm. Um, that That is bravery and, and Barry was saying he, he was slaughtered for it and you get that. Um Morelos is Rangers' best bet for a goal and you can understand the supporters being up in arms with him being withdrawn. But that, that takes that takes courage to, to do that. And you've got to remember the, the quality of clubs and the quality of managers Van Bronckhorst has, has played under. Um, so he obviously knows his way about a training ground. And it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that he is so flexible. Barry saying he can he can play anywhere at all. Um, it's easy to play anywhere at all, but to play well anyway at all takes a lot of time in the training ground. I remember Roberto uh, Martinez uh, when he was at Wigan and Wigan were heading for relegation and he, he went to a back three all of a sudden and eventually he kept him up and he talked about the hours he spent coaching a back three which is a totally different discipline from a back four but it was hours and hours every day of the week trying to get his players to to get used to the system and it, it saved them from relegation that season. See, in terms of the game in, in Saturday when I, when I was watching it and you're getting to the last 20, the last 15, Rangers are, are no finding that, that goal. Yeah, I think go two up, put Roof on with Morelos, but listen, he, he's no, he's, he's took, for me, Rangers' best player, Rangers' match winner, Morelos off and, and the fans weren't too happy about it, but listen, again, he was proven right after a couple of minutes of being on, Roof gets the, the winning goal and, and Davey's right, it, it takes a lot of courage. Sometimes you're, you're led with the fans and the fans obviously don't like the the favourites coming off. Um, but that shows me that 
even if you're the best player, if you're not performing, he'll make the change. Is there, I mean, we spoke about the significance earlier on of the Celtic win at Livingston because of the background to it. Is there something quite satisfying about what Rangers are doing at the moment? 1-0 at St Johnston, 1-0 against Aberdeen, just finding a way of winning, even though um, everything's maybe not going totally according to plan. Yeah, because before the St Johnston game, I thought Rangers were playing really well. Go back to up at Tannadice, Dun United. Rangers ran over the top of Dun United. I think they had 27, 28 or 29, something like that, mm, attempts on goal. Yeah. They, never, they only managed to get the one goal, dropped two points. The Motherwell game, um, I thought the first 45 minutes, they, they were excellent. Second half weren't so good. So they've been playing well the last few weeks, certainly since the, the Celtic uh, defeat. But the game against St. Johnson and the game against Motherwell, They've been below par, but the sign of a good team for me is when you're below par, do you find a way? And that's what they've done. Um, and sometimes their results are the best results. They will tell you. Some, they, the guys will begin in, sitting after the game thinking, we weren't great there. Mm. But the main thing is, you're away with the three points. Yeah, That's that's the most important thing. You've won the game, Davey, but you know that you can play a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, performances don't matter at this stage in the season. It's all, it's all about points. Um, it doesn't matter how ugly the game is or whether you win with a fluky goal or deflection or whatever. Just what Barry says, it's all about points now. And with, with the two being so close now, you know, it's it's going to be a terrific running. It's, and it's I think it's great for our game. Um, we're talking about the Rangers-Dortmund result, adding to the profile of our league. But I think when you get a fourth of finish between the old firm you, you get interest. It, it generates interest in the game. It attracts sponsors. Um, and and it, it's going to be fabulous watching it unfold between now and the end of May. For Rangers, the title race is on the back burner for the moment. They are at Dens Park on Sunday to play Dundee in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. More immediately, it's Ibrox tomorrow night for Red Star Belgrade in the Europa League last 16. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Thanks, Nansen. That's uh, the number to ring as well if you want to join the football chat. 35 minutes still to go. Wednesday's Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Barry Ferguson, Davey Proven and Rob McLean looking forward to, well, Dundee St Mirren immediately. That's tonight at Dens. Uh, no Mark McGee in the vicinity. Uh, he's tested positive for COVID. Uh, both uh, managers, he absent and uh, Stephen Robinson there uh, looking for their first win in their relatively recently uh, adopted jobs at Dundee St Mirren. Rangers against Red Star in the Europa League last 16 at Ibrox tomorrow night. That's an eight o'clock kickoff and then on Friday evening it's the Ayrshire Derby that's going to be an absolute belter isn't it Davey your old team uh, Kilmarnock at Somerset Park against Air United who've actually uh, been going through a decent spell themselves yeah. and how they would love to do some damage at Somerset Park on they, Friday they, night I against Killy I think I'm right saying Air won the last derby did they yeah um, I think I think you yeah, are I think right they, they, I think they did are. which was a really damaging result for, for Kilmarnock the interesting thing for me is will or both hang on Mm. Will they hang on? I mean, Kilmarnock breathing down their necks now, um, applying some real pressure. But tell you what, if I both do it, Rob, that's. And I've been watching Scottish football for a long number of years. That is up mm. there with any of the miraculous things that have happened in the game. A part time team yeah. winning, winning our, our championship. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It is, yeah. totally. I heard uh, Dick Campbell at the weekend, actually, after the match, saying for the first time, I think, this season, we're going for this. 
we're, we're, we're <laughs> going because up till now it's all been ah you know yeah. you know how many points are we away from relegation you know are we safe from going down I think now um, and they got a one nil the sort of result you yeah, were talking about there at the weekend uh, to keep the the ball rolling for them. Uh, and they're a point ahead of Killy with now eight games to go. Yeah, but over the last few weeks they've, they've been they've drew a couple of games, Rob, and a few people are, are starting to say, right, that's them. Um, that seems starting to to fall a bit, and then they get a one 0 the, the best result to get when, by all accounts, Dunfermline were a better team. But listen, I'd both come away with the three points. But listen, it's there's still a point ahead of Kilmarnock, and if they do that, that's that's unbelievable. Mm. And some of the players that that um, Dick's got there, they've come through for League Two. Yeah, I think five or six of them were part of his squad in League Two. So he's at top of the Championship, one point ahead of Kilmarnock at this stage in the season. Unbelievable achievement. And listen, I, I, I don't think you can write them off just yet. I think they've got every chance of doing it. And he didn't get overexcited in the January transfer window either, reckoning that why am I going to go and try and some sign some players that aren't as good as the ones yeah. I've got here already? He keeps it all pretty yeah. simple, doesn't he? He does. Apparently, he was in for Aaron Ramsey, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we'll come back to the championship because we'll speak about Partick Thistle and a big win for them last night, which has put them in possible uh, contention to challenge the top two for automatic uh, promotion. Uh, how the Jags would love that um, if they could make it back-to-back -back, uh, promotions. But let's talk, talk right now to Jim in Rotherglen. Hi, Jim. Good evening, Rob. Hey, Barry, Davey. Hi, Jim. Doing, Jim. What would you I like to talk about, Jim? Ah, it's got to be point, and it was just to see what the boys thought about Livingston letting in, I'm a Celtic fan myself, letting in a lot of, uh, quite a huge amount of Celtic fans in on Sunday. Because what we've been talking about on the show for the last few weeks in terms of how will the smaller clubs pay for VAR, mm -hmm. And there was talk about, you know, should Celtic and Rangers just pay for it and then get paid up bit by bit by the smaller clubs. I thought on Sunday, I thought it looked absolutely great on TV. There wasn't no loads of plastic seats. It was sold out and I think it just would be so much better for, for them in terms of raising revenue and making their product look a lot better. Davey? Can't, can't disagree. Mm. You know, the, 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 the thing, one thing that puts people off Scottish football as a televisual spectacle is the empty seats. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, great to see the ground full. Um, I think you can have an average game, but if, if you've got a big crowd, it's better. You can have a good game with a very poor crowd and it doesn't look good at all. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I know some of the, uh, the smaller clubs don't do it that way, but you, you put bombs in seats, even if it's in a way support, or you're still getting the revenue, aren't you? Mm. You, you do wonder sometimes you know, why, why clubs stick to their pricing structure, Barry, in their wide open spaces mm -hmm. inside the ground where they could get the same money but have more people in at a, at a, at a lower price. I think you've got to give Livingston credit. I, I watched the game and, as Jim just says there, for me watching it, it looked as if it was a brilliant atmosphere um, allowing Celtic the, the three stands. Um, I think Livingston, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, they only had the main stand. Every other part of the, the ground the Celtic fans had and you're right, when you've got Scottish football on Sky, you want it to be packed and I think Livingston done the right thing there and it created a brilliant atmosphere and listen, the living, see if you ask the Livingston players, they'd have loved playing in that, yeah. albeit they get beat, but listen, they're, pl they're playing um, in their home stadium, was it nine or 10,000 mm. sellout, that's what you want to do as a football player. How big a result, Jim, was that for Celtic, do you think? Oh, it was huge, Rob, absolutely huge. It's been a bit of a graveyard there for a, a few years for Celtic. 
And I think now they're coming down to the last single-figure games, maybe eight, seven, eight, nine games maybe left. I think they really, as well as the, the plastic pitch, but that's another thing. But I think, yeah, they really had to go there and win, and they did, and I think look, they played very well. And it's, yeah, it's just counting down the games now. Was there a feeling there, Davy, that uh, Celtic played Livingston at their own game? They were ready for what Livingston were going to throw at them. They knew they were going to try and hunt Celtic down, and actually it turned... And Postacoglu turned it on its head. Yeah, I just think you could see how much Celtic were up for the game. I think they knew how difficult the game was going to be, you know, uh, given what happened there earlier on in the, the season, losing there. And I think Celtic were ready for it and up for it. And just a terrific amount of energy about the Celtic performance, which I think bodes well for the running. Um, and maybe even more so, given that they're not going to be committed to European ties. Um, they're, going to, they're going to have a freshness about them. And as I said earlier on, I think Celtic are in a good place right now. I think we heard probably in Ange Postacoglu's tone of voice, Jim, after the match, that what, what he felt about it, how big a result it was for him. It is, Rob, it was huge. I really believe that. It was a corner that we really had to turn and I was delighted to see Nier Beaton getting a start. I thought that game was made for him and he seems much maligned. A lot of Celtic fans are, mm-hmm. are very 50-50, very but I think he's a smashing player and I think with his experience is what do you think, Barry? Near Beaton? I've always liked Near Beaton. I think he's a really good footballer. Um, for me, yeah, Callum McGregor in the holding midfielder, I, I still think he's Celtic's best player there, just sitting in front of the back back two, um, the two centre-backs. But listen, if, if Postacoglu needs to change it, Beaton does, uh, goes there and you can put... Callum McGregor one further forward and that's the beauty of Callum McGregor he can do that he can play in both positions and he made a few changes in Sunday but before the game I thought it was a potential banana skin there was no doubt about it just with the um, the previous games Celtic have struggled the plastic pitch but I knew after five minutes I knew right away Celtic were on the front foot and they dictated the game they took the game to Livingston mm-hmm. sometimes when you go to Livingston Livingston start bombarding, uh, bombarding you with with long balls or whatever but I knew right away that Celtic were bang on it um, and in terms of Beaton I think he's a good player Look, I thought James Forrest I says it on Monday night um, James Forrest has been in and out of the team because of the, the, the form of Abad and, and Jota but I think that's the best I've seen James Forrest in a long time he looks sharp and fresh and great finish from him um, so Celtic certainly look in that type of form it looks to me if the they're going to um, struggle to drop points and as I said now that's up to Rangers for me to try and, and try and stop them in the old firm games because I believe it's going to come down to them David I agree with you Barry yeah absolutely um, two old firm games will be crucial I mean when Barry said to you um, I, I don't remember when it was it was certainly recently he, he said that Rangers would need 30 points out of 30 I thought neither of the two of them are are, are, are going to put that kind of run together mm. but it now looks as if it could come down to the two old firm games. Um, so, yeah, you know, bring bring them on. I, I think it's it's a great finish for our game, great finish for our title. And do you feel, Jim, that, that the rest Celtic are getting now in terms of European football is an important factor in this? I think it's going to be, Rob. I think the lesser games you play, the boys touched on earlier on, you'd, you'd much rather just play games than train. And although it was a, it was kind of, embarrassing but we're not really quite a, a good European team yet but when we went out to Bodo Glint I thought well at least we can really give a, this league everything that we have 
And I think that's it's going to be crucial in the running because I know Rangers have been fantastic against Dortmund. I watch the Rangers game as well. My missus is Rangers, I'm Celtic. Oh, so, what, a, what a happy household that is. Separate rooms. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> she, watch, she watches it, her mum's and I watch it here. Oh, well, that's, that sounds like a decent arrangement. <laughs> in the interest of but, peace. Uh, yeah. yeah. Aye, right. no, I'm looking forward to the Red Star games as well. I'm interested to see yeah. how Rangers go on in Europe. And they can only be good for our game, much like the Dortmund result and the coefficient as well. Barry was speaking there about Callum McGregor, Davey. He's gone to a whole new level, hasn't he, this season? I mean, a lot of the emphasis has been on the rebuild and the turnaround and the amazing job that Andrew Postacoglu has done in terms of the and the recruitment, how good the recruitment has yeah. been. It's a it's a whole new team, apart from the man in the middle of the pitch wearing the captain's yeah. armband, who's been magnificent, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, a lot of the conversation this week has surrounded Scott Brown. And I get where Scott Brown stands in the, the, the Celtic pantheon. You know, he was the captain of the team during this era where Celtic swept all before them. I would say, given a choice of Scott Brown and Callum McGregor, both at their peak, I'd have Callum first. And I know a lot of Celtic fans would disagree with that, but I think he's got, just got so much to his game. Um, do, you, do you know so, what I liked about Callum McGregor and uh, in, in Sunday? He misses, misses a penalty. Then he missed a sitter with a header, and that that would affect some players. Mm. But he still wants the ball. Um, I, I like people like that. They shrug mm. things away when mm. they're when they've missed a chance or they misplaced a pass. He, he still wants the ball. And, and to be fair, it was interesting to watch him at the start of the season. When you get that captain's armband, there's a lot goes on your shoulders. You've got to carry it twenty four seven, and and you've got to give him credit because I think he's handled it brilliantly. And for me. A lot goes on about Jota and Abada and Kyogo up until Christmas and rightly so because they've done brilliant for Celtic but for me he's our main man Callum McGregor yeah. you stop Callum McGregor playing for me I think you stop Celtic yeah. playing the, the worst you're going to get Barry you know the worst you're going to get from him is a 7 out of 10 performance Aye. most of the time it's 9 but Aye, he's consi- very very consistent player and, and the feeling I get Jim is that he's much more vocal Almost emerging from the shadow of Scott Brown. Yeah, and uh, I know a lot of Celtic fans maybe had a week and I think because Scott Brown set such a standard, you would always see him at the start in the huddle, you know, before the game, just pointing at people and you could tell he was really getting straight at them and maybe they thought Callum McGregor never had it in him, but by God, he certainly has. I think Barry reminds me of you a wee bit in the sense that, you know, he's a local boy, he knows exactly what it means. You're carrying the captaincy, it's all on your shoulders. You need to produce and produce, and Callum has certainly stepped up to the mark. Yeah, he's some player, Jim. Telling you, <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Oh, come on, Jim, he's not that good. <laughs> he's not. He's not as narky <laughs> as Barry. <laughs> I think on the monometer he'd be a lower, a lower reading, probably. Then, then another thing about him, he's playing with that mask on yeah. as well. Obviously, the fracture's still there, um, and a lot of players. David will tell you, a lot of players would be like, "No, I'm not playing. I'm not taking the chance." Well. That tells you something about him. What have you made of the chat about Scott Brown coming back to Celtic, uh, Jim? Do you think that's a happening thing or not? Oh, to be honest, well, right now I wouldn't want to upset the apple cart. No. I think things are just the way things are just now are working out well for Ange. He's chosen to keep on with John Kennedy, uh, Gavin Strachan. You've got Steve McManus, Darren O'Day. I think he's got a kind of happy house just now. And I'm not saying Scott Brown would make it any worse, but I just think let the season play out and then after that make a decision regarding Scott. But I'm sure they would find some sort of role for him because he was Mr Celtic for so long Davey that's a massive compliment you, you've just paid to, to Callum McGregor isn't it when you when you put him effectively above Scott Brown I, I just think he's got more strings to his bow 
Um, and I, I like the way he's always looking for the forward pass. He's always looking to pass the ball through the opposition. A lot of midfield players, and I, I, Barry will tell you, I, there's usually a pass on for a midfield player, a sideways pass. Mm. Callum's always looking to to take the opposition midfield out again with a pass, forward pass, early pass. He can do the sideways stuff as well. He'll go back and take it off his centre backs, which is the bravest thing you can do on a football pitch. Take the take the ball deep. He's good enough to to take the ball under pressure. I, I I just don't see a weakness in his game. I think maybe he lacks a bit of physique. He's never going to be Patrick Vieira, but the the rest of his game is is complete. Jim, what about uh, Monday night? Are you optimistic that Celtic can take another step towards the the Scottish Cup? I hope so. I think it's going to be a cracker game, Rob. It's been a while since I've seen a, a Monday night cup game. And I think with Dundee United, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I think if you if you win the Scottish Cup, you'll not get a European place. That's right. You yeah, do. so they've got, plenty, they've got plenty to play for. Cam Coates, I thought, had an, an excellent season. So, no, it's it's not going to be easy and it wouldn't be su- surprising if it went to extra time. But, no, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it'll be a cracker. So you, you'll be pack it, packing the wife out of the road on Sunday afternoon to go and watch Dundee Rangers. Um, just to... And, you get the full emotional preparation to Monday night, Dundee United against Celtic. The secret of a happy marriage. (laughs) 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 Sounds good to me. Jim, all the best. Thanks, guys. Good night, Jim. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Thanks, Nance. Uh, tonight in the Premiership, Dundee against St Mirren at Dens. We're going to talk about tomorrow night before we go, of course. Uh, more from Giovanni van Bronckhorst about Rangers against <coughs> Red Star in the Europa League last 16. But it is uh, Dundee St Mirren tonight. No Mark McGee, who's uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, that announced in the course of the show. Uh, so he won't be there. Uh, to watch these teams uh, Dundee with uh, well they, they've had uh, obviously they had COVID in the camp didn't they going into the Motherwell game at the weekend so their lineup was affected already and uh, looks as if it is again tonight because uh, Harrison Sharp uh, the young keeper plays uh, Kerr Marshall Sweeney uh, Jordan McGee uh, Declan McDaid is in again Lee Ashcroft uh, Luke McCowan Paul McMullen Max Anderson and Niall McGinn plays well that could be uh, important that could be a boost for Dundee because there was a doubt about him there's no Charlie Adam but Niall McGinn might be the sort of quality player that can make a, a contribution tonight Barry yeah he's, he's still got qualities um, he'll get the pace he had um, a few years back but he's still got good quality I didn't know Charlie Adam was still missing that's why I was going for Dundee because I think if Charlie Adam plays in the Dundee mm. team he runs games of football Charlie he's rangy passing um, it's always been phenomenal um, so he's going to be a big miss but listen it's one that Dundee know what position they're in um, and they want to have the chance of, of getting in that playoff because I don't think they'll, they'll catch 10th place so it's important that they, they put a bit of pressure on St Johnson we, we getting a victory tonight This is the St Mirren team at Dens tonight uh, Dean Linus in goals so no Jack Anik which could be an issue uh, because uh, he's a top keeper out of contract in the summer. There'll be a lot of interest in him, but he doesn't play tonight. Tate Chocknessy, Dunn, Tanzer, Power, Gogic, Kilty, Connor Ronan, uh, Jordan Jones and Eamon Brophy. That sounds a pretty decent similar yeah. team, Davey. Yeah. Loads of experience in it, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at it. Um, uh, Brophy, still only 25. Yep. Um, Scotland International, great bit of business to get him and, and uh, the boy Ronan. What a bit of business that was. Uh, who identified him? Um, 
at Wolves. Um, he could make all the difference as well. So I, I think Simon have got better players than, than Dundee. Um, certainly in the absence of Charlie Adam, I, I think St Myrne looked good for that and even more so with Mark McGee not even at the ground mm. see, see in terms of St Myrne you just look at the job that Jim Goodwin done yeah. and the players that David just mentioned his recruitment mm. his recruitment's been been brilliant the boy for Wills the boy Ronan what, what a find he's yeah. been yeah. some great goals and he's he's looked into the Southern Irish League as well and brought over um, a few players the biggest one Jamie McGrath yep. who Aberdeen tried to sign um, in January but he went down to Wigan so no if you look at St Man's lineup, they've got good players um, and I just think they've been affected with Jim Goodwin um, going away because I, I think they had a close relationship a good bond um, that group so I think that's how they've been affected over the last couple of weeks but I'll, I'll still go for Dundee yeah, Stephen Robinson, uh, like uh, Mark McGee, looking for his first win uh, as manager. Um, and as Davey says, loads of experience, loads of quality in that St Mirren team. Um, and Aberdeen are probably looking at it as well, thinking, uh, looking at some of those players in the team and wondering whether Jim Goodwin can work the oracle for them in terms of bringing in the likes of Conor Ronan on loan uh, and Jamie McGrath, who would have uh, represented not just a couple of good years as a St Mirren player, but, but probably profit in the end as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Aberdeen have probably... I mean, getting value in the transfer market is a huge thing. In, in terms of, if you appoint a manager, you want somebody who's got good judgment in the market. Mm. I don't know who identified Jamie McGrath and the other Irish boys. I'm not sure who did that. I th well, I think Jim but, himself probably had, I, had a fair got, connection with the Irish leagues. He's got right. a guy who he, he knows over there. Right. And I think Jim mm. also, he's obviously from Southern Ireland, so he goes over and he's, he's well connected to the yeah. games over there. Because Conor McCarthy came in, I, I yeah. thought he was quite yeah. a good player. Yeah. He hasn't, hasn't played recently, it seems, but but I thought he was good when he came in. And of course, uh, Jake Doyle-Hayes was signed he from the Irish Ireland. Leagues as well, wasn't he? And he went on to Hibs. Um, so he's plundered that market pretty pretty effectively. And, um, and that's kind of what you want him to do. And, and uh, not on a big budget. Well, you're drawing a comparison between Aberdeen and St Myrne. And if you look at the value St Myrne have managed to to squeeze out the transfer market compared to Aberdeen. Mm. And I've got to say, Rob, I've got to put my hands up. At the start of the season, I thought Aberdeen, given the money they had spent, and if you looked at their players individually, I thought Aberdeen will finish third this year. Mm. And it's been absolutely disastrous. I think Dave Cormack probably thought that as well. Um, well, he must have, yeah. To be, to be it's, honest. It's where he goes and, from here. That's, yeah. You know, he's in a hole now. Yeah. And that, it's, it's a deep hole. I don't know how he digs himself out in there. He's got to back Jim. Because I think mm. Jim will... Mm. I, I wouldn't say... I, I, Full blown um, clear out, but I think he'll be wanting his own players in. Yeah. And there's quite a few of their players that are on longer term contracts. So mm. it's how do you get rid of them? Because um, guys will obviously want paid off or whatever. But I think in the long run, I think Jim Goodwin's the right appointment. I think it's a good appointment by Aberdeen, and they just need to be um, give him a bit of time. Um, and I'm sure if he's given the time, he'll he'll do a great job up there. Another knock-on effect of, of St Mirren winning tonight were they to do so at Dens would be that Aberdeen suddenly become stranded. Um, they're, they're already third from bottom. You were saying, yeah. Davey, that the target at the start of the season was third from top. Yeah. They're third from bottom. They would be, uh, at that point, four points adrift of the block of teams above them. With Aberdeen, three games so left? With, until the yeah, split? Three, three to go. That's, yeah. They're behind the eight ball, aren't they? Yeah. It's... Uh, it's I think Dave Cormack's just got to write this season off. I mean, I know he won't. You, you would live in hope that they can make top six. European but, football as well. They're so yeah. used to it. Uh, and there's a right few quid as well of, of a difference between finishing top six, bottom six. Yeah. But I, I, he's got to have a plan B. I think he's got to assume they're going to finish bottom six 
and he's got to be looking ahead. As Barry says, how do I back the manager? Um, I back the last manager with hard cash. Will he do it again? He should do it again mm. because compared to Stephen Glass, Jim Goodwin is a much better proposition in terms of experience and what he's done in the game. Dundee uh, could get off the bottom tonight if they win the game. It looks very much like uh, Dundee or St Johnston to take the automatic drop. Uh, who will replace them? Well, big win for Partick Thistle, Barry, last night. They beat Queen of the South 1-0 at Fur Hill and it moved them to within five points of the top two. Uh, Arbrother 51, Kilmarnock 50. Partick Thistle now 45 with a game in hand. So just a chance to close in there. Uh, Ian McCall hoping his team can get the right sort of results at the right time and maybe get that 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 automatic spot rather than scrapping in the playoffs. Yeah, listen, they've got a brilliant opportunity. I watched their game last Friday night. It was on. Um, was, that, was that at Fur Hill? Cali Thistle. Um, uh, the, the pitch, wow. <laughs> it was a throwback to watching like, the 60s and, and 70s. There was there was no grass on it. And the reason behind that is Queen's Park grounds here. So there's two games on it at the weekend. So it wasn't it wasn't a pretty game. But listen, they, they got the job done against Cali Thistle. Um, scored in the last 10 minutes. And then a great result last night against Queenie South because Willie Gibson just took over there and yeah. he's been doing really well so look 2 one nils. again I keep going back to it it's not about how you play it's about getting the points on the board and party have got a brilliant uh, opportunity now to, to cement their place in the playoffs your, your generation was spoiled wrong I know, you, I know. You, you spent your life playing in a bowling green <laughs> I know <laughs> these green playing surfaces I, I, bet, I bet your big brother could tell you played in a few dodgy pitches yeah, but it's just have you seen Partick's no, Pitch, no yeah. I haven't. No. Again, I always go back. Every that was now normal, Barry. I, go, that, you I know. know. It was every now and then I go back and watch like old games for the seventies, eighties. That's what I'm like with, with football. And yeah. you look at some of the surfaces, the baubles, and they could and just whatever. slip a park this old game in there, and you wouldn't yeah. notice the difference. <laughs> would see you? nowadays players complain about the surfaces. <coughs> They're like bowling greens compared uh, compared to 30, 40 years ago. Bowling greens, and especially down the Premier League in England, they're a, they're, they're like carpets. Yeah. But listen, Partick, that's, um, they're, they're used to playing on that surface and when people come to Fur Hill, it's route one it's got to be because you can't take any chances playing on that type of surface. One goal did it last night. Kevin Holt's penalty near the end. 51 for both, 50 Kilmarnock. Partick Thistle in third, 45. Inverness, 40. I don't think they've won in 10, something like that. It's, uh, it's been a while. Uh, and Wraith Rovers on 39. Um, so three out of four into the playoff places and then it's all about automatic promotion will our both do it will they keep on doing what they're doing it's uh, Air Kilmarnock as we said in the Championship it's another massive match isn't it the Ayrshire Derby on Friday night but tomorrow night it is Rangers against Red Star Belgrade Rangers beat Borussia Dortmund in the last round can they go another step we're happy with we uh, we overcame uh, Dortmund we know with uh, the opponent we're facing now it's going to be tough again you know, there were the group winners uh, in their group. But, you know, we, we start all over again. We, we want to be in the next round. We are working hard and, and preparing well, as we did uh, in the last previous games, to, to be ready for tomorrow. And uh, I have full confidence we can, uh, we can have a good result. But uh, Europe, uh, you know, every game is, is tough. So uh, we do everything possible to to make sure we, we can go uh, into the next round. It sets the bar high, Barry, doesn't it? The the levels they got to against Dortmund. Yeah, and, uh, if I'm being honest, certainly the first game over in Dortmund, I think you would struggle to, 
they've reached the heights heights again I thought Rangers were that's the best I've seen them um, in a long long time but they need to be on their game tomorrow Rob there's no doubt about it Red Star as Gio just mentioned they're, they won their group um, so they're, they're a decent team um, but listen under the lights I, I keep saying it European nights under the lights at Ibrox the atmosphere will be absolute through the roof um, so I'm confident Rangers can get at least I would think they would need a couple of goals to go over there to make sure they can cement their, their place in the quarters Yeah, I know you've been doing your homework you made that clear at the start of the show Alexander Dragovic in defence uh, for them and those two you were mentioning in he's the mid- an experienced guy <laughs> he's, the, he's, 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 he's known as the experienced guy at the back and he is uh, Katai and Ivanic uh, in the midfield 38 goals 38 goals between them uh, from the midfield is is might be I, I, mighty I was impressive. shocked when 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 I read that start thirty eight yeah. goals I mean from two uh, they play like two number tens behind a main striker and that that's some return I don't care what league you play in um, to get thirty eight goals between the two of them uh, they're decent players so Rangers need to be wary of they too. Barry mentioned uh, the noise potential tomorrow night could be another uh, special european occasion i think that the players will feel the energy uh, in the stadium and the support of our of our home fans so uh, you know i'm not think they will be there uh, supporting us uh, us for 90 minutes and uh, we just make sure we have the you know a good uh, a good vibe between the players and, and the fans but uh, i think that's what we uh, always had in europe so i think tomorrow won't be any different and I suppose, Barry, in terms of the, the connection between players and fans, it was a bit of a roller coaster in that second game against Dortmund at Ibrox where the first half was was tough watching and then the big change. Yeah, it was tough. And to be fair, the, the Rangers fans kept behind the team, which is important at, at times when a team is so dominant like Dortmund, where especially the last 20, 25 minutes of that first half, Rob, it was just waves of attack and some of the football they were playing was, to be honest, it was a joy to watch. Um, but again... They make the changes at half-time and for me, the changes got Rangers into the last 16. Score tomorrow night for you? I'll go 2-0 Rangers. Yeah. Okay, Davey? Yeah, I think Rangers can win by a couple. You know, for all the talk about the Maracanã and, and Belgrade, the atmosphere, you know, Ibrox is a bit of a bear pit on these European nights. Um, yeah, I think Rangers can win by a couple. We'll be back uh, with the big match build-up uh, tomorrow night. We'll have Divi Martindale with us as well in the studio tomorrow night. So uh, we could well be talking Livingston and what they've done this season, which is nothing short of remarkable. Davey, thanks a lot. And Barry Cheers, as bro. well. Back tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first.